Hi there, it's Cindy Novotny again, and welcome to my podcast on My Secret to Stamina. I talk about balance and what defines balance, and I share with you, with all my guests, how to live the life that you actually want. I am one of the people that first and foremost is a radical mentor. I am the one that gets out there to help people look at how to live their life without balance and yet still have the stamina to do it all. I'm the one that's gonna help make you feel good and enjoy the person that you really want to be so you can achieve that success now. So get ready for a great journey. So today I couldn't be more excited to have Jack Ezon from Embark Beyond as my guest. You know, Jack and I have known each other now for several years and uh, our paths crossed back from the hotel side uh, when he was working at another agency. We continue to build a friendship and a working partnership as he built Embark Beyond. You know, he is one of the probably most creative and uh, entrepreneurial spirits I've ever known. And it's because he's always pushing to look at things different. You know, his, his organization is a global luxury a group that really are experts in bespoke travel from individual leisure to events and celebrations to even corporate travel. But they're more than just a travel agency. Embark Beyond is a luxury travel advisory group dedicated to creating thoughtful designed experiences that go way beyond a destination. I think what I love most is that Embark Beyond is about embracing the power of partnership. Uh, Jack uh, was is an attorney, and so he knows uh, the the law firm model. And this has never been, you know, brought to any type of agency in the past. And so his unique partnership model really does align every team member with a shared opportunity for ownership in his company. And I mean, really, who does that nowadays? So, with that, Jack, welcome and thanks for being with me. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. You're, I, I think I admire you much more than you admire me. You're just incredible. You're, uh, so, you're so energizing and so inspiring every single time. So thank you. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I think this is the first time we're doing something that's like on a podcast or radio. Normally we're on all these panels or we're doing webinars with your team and looking at each other and smiling or, or rolling our eyes or going, what? So this is, this is different for us to be more on uh, just that kind of podcast model. So I'd like, you know, as I said in my intro, I am, I really am very intrigued by, you know, the fact that you are an attorney, you decided not to stay in the, the world of law and go into travel. And I'd love to, you know, have you tell a little bit about your story and how you were inspired by travel. Well, you know, um, it all started with my grandmother, believe it or not, may she rest in peace. She just passed away at around 95, about a year ago. And uh, when I was in 10th grade, she took me, my sister, my two cousins on a trip to Europe. We did like six countries in like two weeks. You know, those, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium trips. Right. And I was just blown away. <laughs> I was just, I, that's where my wanderlust was struck. Uh, and, and I really got it from my grandmother. She, she was ahead of her time, you know, in the 50s, going to, to, to Tokyo and telling us stories of what Asia was like. And, and, you know, she came from nothing. She was part of that greatest generation. And she was always telling us that travel is the best education. And she wasn't wrong. Um, and, you know, as I grew, uh, I loved planning trips. I did a lot of not-for-profit 
trips for organization. And in the late 90s, showing my age, 1999, I was making so much money day trading that I came up with an idea to build an online travel company that consolidated airline wholesalers. So making money right before the market crashed in 99, I left my job as a lawyer. I was jumping out the door, so excited. And um, you know, just about six months later, the market crashed. Our funding, we, we had about $40 million in funding, went away. And... <laughs> We had to start wow. over. And so when every door closes, another one opens. And I think the history of my history, not just it's both professionally and personally, is, you know, failure is is is, is a lesson. And right. see, I know you train that every day. And, and we've really adopted that into our culture. Um, and, and, and we've grown so much from all of our failures. I was never one to be able to go through the front door of anything. It's always knocking down the brick wall on the side. And so here, that's part of my journey. Yeah, that's, I did, that's, that is very cool. And I didn't know that part of it on the day trading. That's even cooler. Wow. <laughs> you are so, so multidimensional. I love it. Well, so, I, I retired from training. I've been scarred. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can only imagine. So knowing, I mean, I feel so great that I've met, you know, your family and, and, you know, been a guest in your home. And I see the energy and stamina that you have. I mean, my, I'm talking about my secret to stamina, but you know, you run this incredible, uh, you know, bespoke travel and event company out in New York city and, uh, you know, with clients that are all over the world, but what is your secret to stamina and running this business and what is really kind of a saturated, um, you know, environment where there's so many people out there. And I think, you know, and there continues to be more because everybody tries to be very entrepreneurial. And, and as I say, they're like utility workers, everybody will just try to figure out a way to, to do something like, Oh, I'll go into travel or I'll sell real estate. Right. So tell me how you, what your secret is. Um, well, first of all, you need to take care of yourself. Um, you need to be healthy. You need to take care of yourself. And, and work, you know, to make yourself um, all holistically feel good. But the most important thing, I think, for stamina and business is to work with your heart and your head at the same time. I'm so passionate about this business. I feel so lucky to have found my calling that failure is just not an option. I'm extremely ambitious, but I'm not competitive. And that helps me partner with people that I love, work with people in a business that I love, and look towards the greater good. And when you're all doing that, it's such a feel-good situation that you only want to do better. I, I also have a really big, a, a really strong philosophy about stepping up. I am not my circumstances, right? Victims survive on excuses and heroes thrive on them. Which do you want to be? Do I want to be the one saying when I look back, that I didn't do well because of X, Y, and Z, whether it's COVID today or an inch, you know, some new technology tomorrow, or do I want to say, you know, that did happen, but I was a hero and only heroes are heroes when they have excuses they could have succumbed to or pitfalls or failures that they would have crumbled to, but they're the ones that survive and don't just survive, but thrive. And that was uh, like in this environment, what our head wasn't going in. I remember talking to you, Cindy, about it when this was all going down. This is right. not going to define us. It's going to refine us. We're going to take this to the next level. We're going to take advantage of this moment because, you know, we are not our circumstance. The circumstance doesn't define us. We define us. And when you have a strong vision for what you want to be 
you really are able, I think, to have tremendous stamina and excitement about it and wake up every day despite the obstacles in front of you to overcome and thrive. Absolutely. And I do think about, I mean, there was so much stuff, like just coming at us at the beginning. And, you know, I continued and and I still believe it. And I said, it's going to be like a V. It didn't mean the V was going to be over in a week and a half. But (laughs) as fast as it came in, I am blown away at how fast our business is starting to recover. And it's, you know, we're not there yet. We're not back to 2019 numbers, but we are fast fast going. And so it's literally like in January, somebody turned the lights on, you know, we, but we continued, as you said, in you and I, I mean, I probably talked to you minimum once a week, if not two or three times. I mean, we just kept going forward. We're, you know, travel inspires travel. We got figured out ways. I started traveling in May of last year, going to any client that wanted to see us. We were like, we're there. And I think that does make a big, big difference in your success. So, and I so appreciate that you were along with me for this ride, for sure. Um, yeah, I think we both agreed that we never worked harder in our life for no money. For Yeah, for free. That's what I said. You know, my- None of us I, watch Netflix. <laughs> we were yeah. all on overdrive. Yeah, we were like, uh, sleep with nights and let me figure out, because I remember everybody had to take a cut and pay. And I said to Lefty, what's my cut and pay? He said, 100%. I went, oh, I said, so what, what does that mean? Like you have no money. I go, okay. The rest of the staff, you know, they took, they took a hit, but they at least could like maybe get their nails done. I don't know. I mean, but that's okay because that's what you do, right? You know, people are always looking at the leaders, like how much they take, but the leaders also eat less. The, you know, as a leader and an owner of a business, maybe the one taking the, the, the lion's share of a profits, but when things are down and there's loss, I'm still off of salary. You know, you're the last one to be put on and everybody else is on it and eating well, but you need to bear the upside and the downside equally. Yes. And I think the biggest issue on that is that too many people, to your point about excuses, that's where even as an owner of a business, it would be so easy to live in that excuse world. Like, you know, or I'm just shut it down or it's time for me to, get out of this business, whatever. And that I think is, is what you said. It's not our circumstances. It's what we do with them. And that makes the difference. And again, because business has been rough and you have continued to thrive, give some examples. Cause I think you thinking outside of the box was so unbelievable. So give some of the examples of things you did right off the bat with your team to make sure you took care of all your customers, took care of your partners, and and really did some creative things. Yeah, you know, and again, this this environment has been so good to us because we were able to show what we can do, and nobody else was doing anything, so we really rose above that would normally be a noise level. And I, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention. We failure was not an option, right? But. Uh, what we did is take what is an old school customer centric philosophy and approach. Just be customer centric. And you say it all the time, listen, listen, listen. And yes, anybody that's good in the service business has a hero syndrome. We want to solve problems and anticipate needs for our clients to create some wow moment, right? That's a hero syndrome. Correct. And, and that's kind of what we were doing, listening to the woes of our clients. We were calling them just to say hello and listening. And when we hear what they're going through, we came up with options that were somewhat 
relevant to what we do. And so in the very beginning, when kids, when people were home all day bored, we came up with ways to bring travel into their home that may not have been profitable, but they were engaging, whether it was virtual safaris with, you know, doing live Instagram all over the world in front of a castle in, in Ireland, or again, on safari, we did beautiful uh, custom-made um, designer coloring books of the world with a, with, a, with a really famous artist in Brooklyn. And then as the world started to open up, we were listening. And, and one of the big things we did was start a camp. Like what kind of travel company does camp? But our, our, our clients were freaking out that their kids had no camp in the summer. What are they going to do? And so we decided to come up with two to three week travel camps where we'll send one of these counselors that are now out of a job with a family to a resort and they'll have their own mini camp there. Well, that was great, but so many people ended up just wanting to bring those counselors back in their backyard. And we, we wound up doing 50 some odd backyard camps for families in the yeah. summer. You know, so it's not so much about saying we don't do this. It's saying this is our customer. They have a trusted relationship with us. How do we help them? And a little bit of what we do. We started um, a global classroom when camp was over because clients still wanted us to engage with them and, and their kids. And so we partnered with Harvard University and about 50 properties all over the world did one-on-one -on -one Zoom classes that were tailored to the child. Um, so you may have, for example, the Ritz in Paris, a cooking class tailored to a 10-year-old that also is gonna be learning math and chemistry that the team at Harvard were layering into that. And that was amazing. So That's all of these things, we, we did another thing was called Embark Longer. Um, hotels are now doing this, but nobody was doing this in the beginning where we negotiated one to three month or six month leases at hotels without, you know, more of a lease instead of a hotel stay. And we included things like laundry and we included parking and breakfast. I mean, we really packaged it up and sold it. And when people wanted to stay in their own houses, we started in a brokerage house. We have a bark brokerage and all of a sudden now we're co-brokering homes for rent and hopefully some for sale around the country for people. Right. So you really have to think about your client, look at those trends and try to address them and not stay in that box of, well, they're not traveling. So I guess I'm out of business. Right. Right. And getting getting visas for people or passports to go to other countries. I love all. Uh, I mean yeah. So we started a passport. We started a dual citizenship program when Clients were crying they couldn't go to Europe in the summer because they weren't EU citizens and seeing some others that were. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we promote, we barely promoted this. We have about 850 applications in process for dual citizenship by descent in the European yeah. Union. But you said it right early on. You said, I'm not in the training business. I'm in the solutions business. Right. And we really adopted that mind frame, mindset. We're in the solutions business for our customer. Yeah. And that, and my dad, I have to give my dad so much credit on that. You know, he's 86 years old and still, still such a mentor to me. And when I was just at the beginning of COVID, like, oh my gosh, because of course everything was, was done as it was. And uh, he said, you're not in the training business, Cindy, you're in the solutions business and you always have been, but you, but you formatted it around training and development. So that really did help. It's a mindset change. And knowing, I mean, what are some of the best places you think right now to visit for Americans, you know, globally? It's, it's a moving target, which makes it fun, daunting, and an opportunity because people are relying on us more than ever to be experts in the world because it changes every day. Right. 
So the Caribbean and Mexico, Mexico is an obvious easy, especially if you're vaccinated because it's easy to get in and out. Um, uh, right now, people are all focused on Greece because they've just opened their borders to Americans. Um, and that's evolving with great indication about going to Europe this summer um, with announcements by the EU, by France and many others and Spain, many others following. Um, and our, our, our clients are mostly staying within the country, Caribbean, Mexico, and we have incredible demand and bookings already on the books, uh, both for events and regular group, um, regular family or personal travel all throughout Europe. That's great. I know my, uh, I just saw a ticket come through for Switzerland for me in like the fall, I think. And I think it's fall. And I was so excited. I mean, I, I literally went out to our team and I said, okay, wow, what, what's this? Okay. And it's a, you know, client of ours that said, yep, we're, we're going forward. They were one that obviously got postponed. So, I mean, I, I was down, as you know, we both were down in Cabo and I mean, it was like, it was like, there was no, it was like no COVID. I mean, other than, you know, the right protocol, things like that, but it just was fun. And it was like, wow, we're back to, back to normal. I want to take a few minutes and, and talk to you about your team because uh, I know your team well, and it, you've got a, you've got a large team. And uh, for those of us that uh, do it every day, you know, keeping the positivity and energy up, you know, how, how do you really keep that team going? And I know, I know one thing you do every day that I help bring to you, but how do you keep that team going? Well, you answered my question, or at least you insinuated, (laughs) alluded to it. Uh, Look, the core of the way we keep community, especially in a virtual environment is daily lineup. And when you first told us about daily lineup, it's like, okay, cute hotels do it. I know we'll try to do it once a week. And Cindy, you said, that's just what you do. Every single day, you, no exceptions, you have lineup. So we developed lineup, and then we went virtual. And that was an, in and of itself a challenge. But I don't think our company would be what we were, were today without you making us do daily lineup. It helped us build community. It helped us build each other up. It helped us all focus on opportunities, learn from our wins, and even more learn from our failures, which is something else you taught us to do. Um, you know, every day someone else on the team takes the lead on lineup, which is not so it's not so much of a burden. And people don't have to attend, but people all want to attend. We get 50 to 70 people every morning, um, sometimes more coming onto lineup for a dose. It's a quick dose, 15 to 20 minutes. Here's what you need to know. Here's what's going on. Quick questions. And then wins, fails. And every month we take something that you train us on. So last month it was about objections. This month it's about probing. And we go through one example a day so we can really take what you learn and bring it into your everyday reality. I love it. And I love it. I mean, yeah, I mean, if everyone would just listen to you and literally do that, it's unbelievable. You know, and pivoting on that, what advice do you have for people who do want to go out and start their own business? Because I, I get that all the time. Like, I think I'm going to go out and start my own business. And I think to myself, good luck, but you didn't work that hard when you worked for me, but that's okay. But what, well, go ahead. What's your advice? Um, have a vision. Be very clear on what you want to do. You need to have ambition, but have a vision um, and, and create structure. Don't just let everything become band-aids because you can't build a tower on quicksand. You need a strong foundation. 
Also, there are no bad days. There's good days and learning days. And you need to have that mindset because when you're an entrepreneur, nothing goes as planned. There's going to be days that you think you were the craziest person for embarking on a mission, on this mission. You might be, you know, you, you might be disappointed day in, day out. Things don't go as you want them to. Uh, but that's part of life. Every business has it. There's no perfect situation anywhere. Be conservative with cash. Cash is king. And really, don't, don't take money today that you might want to have tomorrow. That's just my suggestion. Thank God. You know, we were a one-year-old company when COVID started. And thank God we were conservative because we had money to live off of. Uh, you know, I had some personally, but also professionally in the company that, that helped sustain us. And I think I said that right in the very first webinar I did in March of last year, I said, cash is king. And I've always believed that. Hence why, uh, you know, Lefty and I, as owners of a privately held company, took 100% pay cut, but, but we had enough reserve that we could keep the company going, keep our people working, keep everything kind of going forward. And that is, I think that's a lesson for young people today. I think people are, are just spending, you know, and for that immediate kind of like excitement. And then they, they miss the boat because they're like, what's going to happen then in another year. And it, it goes so fast. I mean, I feel like COVID was like, yeah, like it just, I feel like we, I was just in Dubai, you know what I mean? It's, it's <laughs> literally, which was my last, you know, trip and, and it's amazing how fast things go. And that has to do with having that reserve and that foundation. And I think that your teams look to leaders like us that are conservative like that, because we all know people that go out of business like overnight that looked like they were so successful and then, Oh, they closed their doors. It's like, Oh, what happened there, right? So that's the so Ferrari. Cool. <laughs> yeah, completely. So as we as we start to wrap up, you know, when I think about the travel climate, and I couldn't agree more. I think your time is now, just like I think my time is now, is that you are a group of travel advisors. You are not travel agents. And I've I've always said that, but I think now more than ever. A trusted travel advisor, just like a trusted lawyer or an investment, you know, a, a financial advisor, right? Now more than ever, people are going to be likely, I think, just to go online and say, oh, I can do this all myself and, you know, deals and that sort of thing. I mean, what what's your take on that as we move out of this and into the future? I think it's very important, especially right now, to have someone that's focused on what's going on in the world. Just like you want someone that's gonna be an expert in your taxes, or if you have a legal question or a financial investment. Right now, if you're going to travel, there's a lot of things changing every minute. And I also think with the, with the lesson so many people took away from COVID, you want someone that understands you. People ask us all the time what areas of the world we specialize in. And we surprise them by telling them we don't. We know the world, but we specialize in our clients. And at the end of the day, you want someone that specializes on you. We want to focus on people's aspirations and not just destinations, because travel is really just a platform for self-discovery. We want to help you make things meaningful, because if a year, if any year taught us, then this year is how important time is, how important celebrating every joy in life is and making every moment count. 
And that's what you should be thinking about when you travel, not just checking the box that you saw the Eiffel Tower or the Great Wall of China. Exactly. I mean, that's so true. And it is when you, and, and that's, I think I say it all the time. None of us can wow anybody. I can't wow. I can't say you're going to come to dinner tonight and I'm going to wow you because what I make, you may not like. I have to know what wows you. And you can't know that unless you get to know your client because somebody might think they want to go uh, to Paris when in fact, that is not really, they really, they really sound like they want to go to Prague, you see? So the more you ask questions, I think that's really important because it's, it's about their aspirations, less the destination. I love that. We focus on ingredients and not requests. Yes. The why. I love it. Fabulous. Well, as I, as I end this, I, I thank you so much. I mean, it is, I, I love our, our friendship. I love working with you. And uh, I know everybody that listens to this is, is going to just take so many nuggets away. So join me on my next episode. My guest is Danielle Bishop with HB Hospitality. Danielle is the CEO and founder of HB Hospitality, which is, by the way, an invitation only community connecting the nation's leading luxury resorts and hotels with qualified senior level meeting planners and corporate executives so that they together can really create extraordinary experiences. I have done a lot of work with Danielle over the years. I've known her over the years during COVID. Uh, She and I spent a lot of time together. So I can't wait to have Danielle on my next episode. And we'll see you then.